You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. Welcome to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy, and happy holidays to everyone listening. I see Vinny, uh, very festive, has got his Cubs beanie on right now. Uh, is it just cold in your house, Vinny, or is that for the holidays? Uh, it's cold, plus the holidays, you know. it's You can wear it whenever, technically, but it's comfy, man. I love this. I got this at Cubs convention last year, and like, best thing I've ever gotten. Best thing you've ever got. Well, maybe I, it's pretty last minute for me. We do we do Christmas in my household, and so I'll be. Uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll have to add a Yankees beanie uh, into <laughs> into my wish list. I, I I have no Yankees gear right now. I can't wear any of my Red Sox gear because I am rooting against them now, which is why I'm a Yankees fan. So instead, I'm just wearing a Colorado Rockies t-shirt t-shirt because I hail from the state of Colorado. But. Uh, Especially on our on a on a prospect podcast, I, I feel like I can I can get a little more away with wearing Rocky stuff. If this was like we were just talking regular MLB, I think I'd get into a little trouble there supporting the Rockies in any way. But they have some good prospects. Yeah, I know. If the Cubs offseason keeps on continuing as it is, I might be dishing out all the Cubs here. We might be switching it up too. So I might be might be right there with you with the Yankees or maybe the Diamondbacks. I'll, I'll pick a new team. What, the Yankees are having a great offseason. We got Soto. We're going to get Yamamoto, right? Yeah, well, yeah. If, uh, if all the rumors are true, yes, you guys are going to get Yamamoto. Hashtag Yamasoto. I'm looking forward to it. All my fellow Yankees brethren, we've been, we've been DMing about our excitement for uh, Yamamoto. But the Soto trade was the big news that happened uh since the last time we met but we're not here to talk about soda we're not here to talk about major league players we're here to talk about minor league players and specifically today we're going to be covering the top pitchers in the first year player draft so Vinny has ranked uh he's ranked his top 12 for us here he's got some some sleeper pitchers uh also but we're not going to talk about those today we're going to talk about those on a future episode so we're just going to focus on the top 12 Vinny's going to talk in depth specifically about your top seven correct Vinny yes um and then I have a little something planned where I'm, I'm going to put Vinny's feet to the fire a little bit and make him uh let's just say tier the players uh, well, quite literally, tier the players. I'm giving away what, what I've got planned here. Um, but before we got into that, Vinny, I, I have something I need to get off my chest. Now, both of us uh, were pretty young, but we're not that new to the fantasy space. But I kind of stick to what I like to do in the fantasy world, and that's Dynasty Points Leagues. That's kind of what I like to play. I have played Roto Leagues in the past, um, and they're just not my thing. I... I'm in a hockey league this year and I've, and it's a head to head Roto league. And it's my first experience with this format. Have you played this, this format before head to head Roto? Uh, yes, I have played uh, a couple years now. I've, I've dove into the world of fantasy hockey this year. Not so much. I, I stopped the head to head stuff and just did a bunch of best ball stuff. So like, let me, t- let me tell you, it gets interesting when it's well, head to head. 
I, uh, I'm not sure what I think of hockey yet, but really my complaint here, this and this applies to baseball as well, uh, from what I've been told, is the entire head-to-head roto format. I, I, I don't think every league is like this, but my understanding is most leagues are built like this, and I just find it completely invalid. So essentially, and I think all of our listeners are probably going to disagree with me, but this is what I do. I, I have these hot takes, and I have to share them. The way it's formatted is you're basically playing uh, a, a 12 or so categories head to head and baseball would, would most likely be 10 head to head versus your opponent. And if you win a category, let's say in baseball, let's call it pitching wins, you get a point. And then uh, if your opponent wins a category, they get a point and you get no points for losing or tying. Uh, and then what happens at least this is what my league does. And this is where I think it's ridiculous. Instead of just taking the person who won the most categories and awarding them a single win, they award them the number of wins they got on the week. So if there are 10 categories, they won seven of them you're, and they lost and you lost three of them. Your record is seven and three instead of one and zero. Have you played in a league like that? Yeah, that's how Yahoo Baseball is, uh, depending on... Okay, so it's a Yahoo League. So maybe this is a Yahoo thing. But this is why it's so stupid. You do that all throughout the regular season, and then you get to the playoffs, and you're playing a completely different game. Now, it might not look like a different game, because the person who wins the most categories would advance either way. But think about it this way. someone If someone were to win 9-1-9-1, and then lose to someone uh, uh, 4-6... so they went nine one nine one four and six. That person they lost to won three games in a row, six to four, six to four, six to four. In the regular season, the team that lost four to six would be ranked ahead because they won two games nine to one. But in the playoffs, if that happened in the playoffs, no one cares about your prior two games where you won nine to one, nine to one. You lost four to six. You're out. And I, it's like a completely different format, and it bothers me so much. I'm I'm saying that it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I just had to get it off my chest. I want people to sound off in the comments just how much they disagree with me. I've been told this is how fantasy's done it forever, and I think it's ridiculous. And this is now my crusade. I want to change the entire format. Let's make it a valid format where you're playing the same format in the regular season and the postseason. Let's just make it you get one win or one loss or a tie. You do not get seven wins and three losses in the regular season. I know everyone's going to disagree with me, but I just ha- I just had to say that. Just had to get off my chest. What do you think, Vinny? Are you on? Are you on my team, or you think I'm I'm fighting a, a losing stupid battle? Yeah, that's why I don't play on Yahoo anymore, especially fantasy baseball. Like it's all it's so tedious too. Like you got to update your roster like every day. Like there's not an option to do it anymore. Like there used to be an option where it would automatically set your lineup to whoever's confirmed playing but like yeah it's stupid because you'll have like the other team will have like two guys that go absolutely stupid and just win them the week yeah i i uh so i guess maybe that's who i should be fighting against anti yahoo they also look like they haven't changed their format since the 90s no and uh i don't enjoy that but Vinny, let's get let's get into what the people are here for let's get into the first year player draft pitchers the top pitchers Vinny, do you want me to expose your rankings right away here, or do you want to? Sure, go ahead. All right, this what I'm about to show you. This is the good stuff. I'm not going to read this out loud. I'm just going to show it to the people watching on YouTube. If you're a listener, you're going to get the rankings eventually, but if you want them right now, you need to know. The only way is by watching on YouTube. So, Vinny, I'm putting up your rankings right now, and we'll go ahead and start 
with your number one ranked player. Again, if you're watching, you can see his one through 12 right now. But your number one ranked player is Rhett Louder. No, I'm kidding. It's Paul Skeens. Of course, it's Paul Skeens. Everyone's number one pitcher this year. Vinny, was there ever a doubt? Were, were, were you ever thinking of not putting him number one? No, there's no, it was never a doubt. Like, Skeens is the best pitching prospect we've probably seen in, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Like, everyone wants to compare him to Strasburg, but he might even be better than Strasburg. He's pitched a lot less at college. Like, his arm is fresher. This is coming from a guy that, you know, two years ago was a catcher at Navy. Like Air Force, Air Force, Air, Air Force. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My bad. Come on, man. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a Colorado gonna get, Springs guy. Someone's going to get mad on that one, and I already me. know it's coming. <laughs> no, me. I'm the one who's going to get mad. But no, like, I don't think we've ever seen a pitcher like this just pop out of nowhere and then become this generational type of talent. This could have, this could be us overreacting, you know, two seasons at LSU as a starter, but. Man, like he when even when he came, uh, even when he got drafted and started playing with Pittsburgh, like he lit up. You know, Bradenton. Uh, he went to Double A, which they were stretching with that when he got lit up in two innings. But you know, it's two innings. But man, he just looks he looks comfortable. There's rumors of him potentially, you know, making it up this year to the majors. I don't see that. I'd say he's probably a 2025 guy or maybe a late 2024 September call-up. But, yeah, Skeens is probably the real deal. I would I would bet out of any one of the past couple years, especially first-year player drafts, like he shouldn't be going ahead of Lankford and Cruz. But, yes, he is by far the best pitching prospect. So even if you prescribe to an idea that there's no such thing as a pitching prospect, do you still think he's worth the number three pick? Is yeah. That, is, it's, you're making an exception for this guy. That's how good he is. Yeah. All right. Inter- interesting. Yeah, that's that's some high praise for Skeens. And I, I meant to say up front, uh, Skeens is the top guy. He's going to be picked first of the pitchers. Um, if you're wondering, though, about uh, Yamamoto and Shota, we are not going to be talking about them today. We're going to be focusing only on the guys in the draft class. We're not going to be talking about any of the international signees. Um, so if you're in a league where those guys are drafted, uh, you're gonna have to ask us. You're gonna have to reach out out to us specifically and ask where we'd rank those guys. But for t- the purposes of today's um, podcast, we're only going to be focusing on the players who were who uh, in most first year player drafts are available, and so we're not gonna be talking about the international signees. But let's move to your number two guy, Vinny. Uh, he's not the the second pitcher being taken off the board. He is the third. Um, but you have him second. It's Rhett Louder out of Wake Forest. That pitching lab in Wake Forest has uh, built another strong pitcher. Uh, he's going to be going to the Cincinnati Reds. Or sorry, he is. He was drafted by the Cincinnati Reds. Vinny, uh, tell us why you've got Rhett Louder ranked second. Yeah, let's talk about – first, let's start with Cincinnati and their uprising of absolutely developing pitching. You know, with this year, we saw – uh, Connor Phillips, we saw Andrew Abbott, you know, a handful of other guys. We're pairing him with arguably, you know, we, there's a little, there's a, there's a pretty decent separation between him and Skeens, but 
if we're talking about most dominant college pitcher this year, like Rhett Lauder was absolutely phenomenal. Like, I think he, I think he was back to back pitchers of the year for uh, D1 NCAA. Like, we're talking about a guy who has arguably three double plus pitches with an easy repeatable delivery with a three quarter uh, three quarters arm slot. You know, physically, he's probably tapped out at 6'2", 200, but, man, I, you know, he could he could find more velo. He maxes out about 96, 97, but this is a guy I wouldn't be surprised if we see blowing, you know, 99, 100 once he starts, once he actually makes his debut with an affiliate, which he didn't do this year. He spent time around, uh, I can't, uh, I can't think of the uh, the Reds high affiliate, but he was assigned there. He stayed there for like the last month of the season, just never pitched. He just was around the coaches and stuff. But like, this is a scary guy. You pair with that Reds developmental, you know, their new pitching lab. Like uh, Waldrip, I think is more appealing to some because there's a chance that he debuts this year which some people value that more, but I think when all things are, you know, all things are said and done, I think louder becomes the better pitcher. So I do have one concern, although I can see the argument for it also being a good thing. Uh, And that is louder is coming from a college that has a major league team quality pitching development lab already. So I'm so my head is going to is this guy already tapped out? Is his potential already maximized? Or do you see it more as he has a massive head start, which puts him closer to the majors than people realize? And he still has some growing to do with a great development organization like the Reds. So do you see it more more so that he's tapped out already or he's got a head start? I think he has a massive head start. Like you know, a little preview, but Next, uh, the 2024 first-year player draft, there's going to be a lot of Wake Forest guys. Just to give a heads up. We're talking like four or five within the first 30 picks, and two of them being pitchers, massive pitchers too. But, man, like louder, like the head start with Wake Forest, I think is more enticing due to he he's already used to the routine, and I think going to the Reds, with their really advanced pitching development, he's going to take off just like, like nothing's that like he's used to it. Like it's routine to him. Like this is a guy that maybe he, he debuts next year. and He just flies through the minors. Yeah. I, I can totally see that being a way to maybe a spin zone for the idea that he is already maximized his potential. I, I, I can see it. I, I think I lie more on, I personally still have louder um, second, <laughs> but I still, I, it's just a big gap from, from schemes to him for me. And so that's where uh, that's my one like concern with louder is he already has had such high quality pitching instruction, but you mentioned him already. The guy that most people have second um, he's being taken before louder from all I, from what I can tell, there's not really an official ADP out there, but from doing some back of the napkin math using roster percentages, it seems this guy's being taken ahead of louder. And you mentioned him already. You, you touched on him a little, your third ranked pitcher, and uh, he's a good pitcher, don't get me wrong. But as you mentioned, because he pitches for the Atlanta Braves, people just assume 
he's he has the potential to debut er, um, early, and those people are probably right. It's it's Hurst, Hurston Waldrip of the Atlanta Braves. You have him third. Most people are taking him second because of that proximity. Is there is there anything more to add for you, Vinny, than you just don't value proximity like everyone does? Or is there some other reasons why you have him lower than louder? No, there's some concerns with Waldrip. He showed during his uh, College World Series run his inconsistency with command, especially of the fastball. Like he tends to get he tends to overthrow it in high leverage situations. Like he gets flustered. And when he gets flustered, the command just falls off. Um, and the the delivery at times is not as smooth and repeatable as uh, comparing to louder. Like there's some work to be done still. I wouldn't rule out that that's the uh, end all be all with his delivery right now. Like the Braves are really good at cleaning up, you know, pitchers mechanics. Uh, he. If we're talking about debuts of all of the first year player draft guys. You know, he had the best. We're talking about 29 innings. He dropped nearly 50 strikeouts and got all the way up to AAA. So if it's not broken, don't fix it at this point. But I think I don't I really don't believe he debuts or breaks camp with the team. I think he's more of a like a late. I don't know, like a late May, early June type of arm or a big injury happens early. But yeah, he's already shown he's already shown he can handle the minors. I want to see him a little longer at AAA just to see if it wasn't a fluke. But, you know, you pair the Braves with a uh, an electric arm with good velocity with two plus off speed pitches being a slider and a splitter. It's hard to it's hard to knock against it. It's hard to like doubt it because their pitching development is arguably the best in baseball besides like maybe the Guardians or it used to be the Rays, but I have so I can't trust the Rays anymore with injuries. So like yeah, like Waldrip is a monster, and I think if there wasn't so many hitters in this class, I think we would have seen these pitchers really jump up when it comes to like actually being drafted. Like if we're breaking down the 15 best pitchers in this first year player draft, like it's top three and then there's a massive drop off. Interesting. I I, I want to hold that thought because the data that I'm looking at doesn't necessarily reflect that everyone agrees with you about the massive drop off after three. Um, but we're definitely going to get into that uh, when we talk about the next player and when we when I make I'm going to force you to tear them. I, I've already let the cat out of the bag there, uh, so I'm going to force you to do that. So we'll see your tears. But my question, or I don't I don't know if this is fair because the Braves are an awesome organization. They have an awesome team right now. But I don't understand why when the Angels do it, and the Angels definitely do it more aggressively, when they call up guys so quickly and they they make these huge jumps in the minors, why that is laughed at by everyone. And then when the Braves do it, people just are like, ah, the Braves are amazing and geniuses, and I want want Waldrip because he's getting the call up because the Braves have fixed him and found another or fixed his mechanics. And now he's a, he's an elite pitcher. The Braves aren't like, they don't hit on everyone. 
So like, just look at Vaughn Grissom. They forced Grissom up really early. And where is he right now? So I don't know. Do you think, do you, do you think I'm being ridiculous? Cause their organization is clearly better than the angels, but to me, it's, it's almost a double standard. I mean, if we're talking about hitter wise, they have really struggled at developing hitters in the past couple of years. Like the last hitter they developed was Michael Harris. And then before that, either Acuna and, uh, and Albies, like they have really struggled at, uh, I guess you could say Austin Riley, but like he was with that crop, but like they really, they really lackluster on the bat side, like pitching look, uh, look at, this year we saw what AJ Smith Shaver come up and blow baseball away. Uh, I don't know. He didn't blow me away. I I don't really think this is true. I think Strider is a great example, but they have, the Braves have had dating back to the Acuna age. They missed on every pitcher they had then. And so, yeah, they're hitting more than that. And yeah, Strider was a massive hit in Smith and AJ Smith Shaver looks good and has potential, but like, I don't know. Like I, I really am not blown away. I think when I look at the Braves and all the pitchers they have, it looks to me like a lot of relief arms. If I'm being honest, good stuff. Shaky commander injury. They are they taking the Rays model? You talked about the the Rays development strategy. They get these pit, uh, these pitchers with nasty stuff. They harness them, and then they just get a bunch of them and say we don't care about injuries. We'll let them get injured. We have an entire starting rotation that any team would take on the IL. And yet we still have an amazing rotation now. I, that's what I see more of when I look at the Braves. I don't know. I You obviously know more what you're talking about here than, than me. So I defer to you. But I, I think we give the Braves a little too much credit. I don't know. They're just really good at getting every ounce of talent out of arms. So I'll, I'll keep on giving them the credit for that. All right. Well, Waldrop, uh, you have him ranked third, and I, again, I agree. I, but it's my job here to push back a little, Vinny. So I, 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 I have him ranked third. This next guy, though, you said there's a big drop off after three. Well, you've got, um, and this is who this is the consensus number four as well. You've got Noble Meyer here, but when I look at um, roster ship percentage, Rhett Louder is rostered in 38 percent of leagues, whereas Noble Meyer is rostered in 36 percent of leagues making him really not that far behind Rhett Lauder, who you have second in many people's eyes. But you mentioned earlier, there's a big drop off from, from Waldrop to Meyer for you. So do you think that is you being low on Meyer or you being high on Lauder? Uh, that's just probably me being low on Meyer. Like he's a very tantalizing prospect. He's a big prep arm, six, five, one eighty five. Still, there's still projection of room to grow. He already tops out 98, 99, so the velocity's there. Uh, We could potentially start seeing him hit the hundreds as he adds on weight, but his delivery scares me. Like, the arm, his release point and arm angle just really scream potential injuries down the road. Like, that is my big concern with him. Uh, Like, the durability questions, but, like, everything else is pretty good. Like, his fastballs plus pitch slider plus pitch. And then that's pretty much it right now. Like you could argue the change is, you know, it's a work in progress and it's probably a little below average. His control has been very good, which surprising for a, a very hard throwing prep arm. Uh, his, his sample size this year, straight out 
his debut in Jupiter was phenomenal. Like we're talking, this kid played three games, seven innings, nine strikeouts, four walks. Like uh, he looked like he looked like he's been pitching in uh, Jupiter all year. Like he was not phased by any of these hitters. Like he's a very advanced prep arm, but I have some questions about the durability and the overall smoothness and repeatability of his delivery. You're mute. You're muted, Josh. Uh, my bad. I, I was saying uh, to myself, and I will now say it for everyone and to you, um, I don't know actually where you stand on this. Are you someone who leans closer to there's no such thing as a pitching prospect, or do you believe that there – I mean, Paul Skeens aside, where do you la- land on that spectrum? I believe there's pitching prospects. Like, I know people are really scared – to uh, believe in pitching prospects or to trust them because usually they're burned by them. But if you know what to look for, especially with the tools and like delivery arm angle, stuff like that, you can find a monster. Like last year, the two biggest guys from the first year player draft, I was telling everyone to target was Snelling and Noah Schultz because they're big. They have plus pitches, their delivery smooth and sound and repeatable. And look, they're like six, uh, uh, I think Snelling's 6'3", 190, maybe pushing 200 now. And then you got Noah Schultz, who's 6'7", 6'9", or whatever. Snelling's a guy who was going in the – he went in the third round of my first-year player draft last year in a 30-team league. He went yeah. in the third round. So, yeah. yeah. Snelling, I, I was adamant on him being the next Mackenzie Gore for the Padres. Like, everything screams <laughs> right <laughs> that now. Comp, that's an interesting comp now. Pre- I mean, like pre fizzle out, but okay. Like he was, he was looking like to have a huge 2023, and he really delivered on it. Well, let's hope Snelling can be more than a, a slightly below average, I will say, pitcher for the Washington Nationals. Uh, and let's let's see if he can make the the Padres team. But I don't know if you can trust the Padres to hold on to any prospect. No, you cannot. But the reason I brought that up is, to me, Meyer is a guy. He's your stereotypical guy that the that the uh, what's the abbreviation spell? Tin snap. You know the the people who don't believe in pitching prospects. This is the guy. This is a, just a guy I can see them latching onto. He's just so young, and there's he's just. I mean, I the range of outcomes is crazy for this yeah. kid. So, like, I wouldn't rule out him being a top one hundred prospect by like July next year. Yeah, at the same time, I wouldn't rule out him completely flaming out yeah. as well. So, all right, this is a this guy. It's interesting. I know from some of our conversation beforehand that you're not the biggest fan in the world of this guy, and it saddens me because of the the shirt I'm wearing. I'm repping this guy today. It wasn't intentional, but he is a Rockies player, and he he is being drafted fifth, which is exactly where you have him ranked, Vinny. But I get the feeling that you're not really that high on Chase Dolander. No, it's kind of it's kind of funny his uh, his descent into darkness, you would say, from uh, pre twenty twenty three draft and, and towards the like pre twenty twenty three draft time, like he was everyone's slam dunk, no doubt, top pitching prospect easily could go one or two. 
Like overall, they there was at one point they had him going over Dylan Cruz. So like he really just fell apart at Tennessee last year. Like it was everything like command with the fastball. His pitches weren't breaking. Like there was less vertical break on his curveball. His sliders, RPMs were down. Like he was getting hit a lot. It was just not Chase Dolander's year. And then with that, following it up, he gets drafted by a very bad pitching development org with the Colorado Rockies. Man, it's this is a guy, if you're taking a chance on him, you're taking a chance on his tools outplaying their development. Like he might if if his if his tools are what they project out to be, he might be one of the biggest steals of the first year player draft pitchers. Like if he can overcome the development, Chase Dolander could be a monster. Like we haven't seen, he really hasn't had any interactions or pitches or he hasn't pitched yet with the Rockies at any of their affiliates. So we have really nothing to go off yet, but he did have a really young, a really long year last year at Tennessee. So they're probably just giving him rest, which that's a good thing. We don't want to overuse the arm and cause injury, but man, like in recent years, I can't remember a pitching prospect that had the kind of descent he had going from pre-draft process to post-draft process. Yeah, that that descent and that variability where he's the no-brainer top pitcher. And then not only does he fall, but now we have a generational apparently top pitcher. This yeah. is the stuff that the people who don't like pitching prospects, this is the stuff they drink. They love this. They love the the randomness of it. And they they uh they like to hang on people like like Chase like Chase Dolander. I was just trying to, while I was talking, mute my notifications on my laptop and then instead have turned on the nightlight. So now you're just like completely orange, Vinny. No blue light. So um, yeah, I I cannot find find the mute button. Very distracting. But Chase Dolander, you have him ranked fifth. It breaks my heart seeing you have a Rocky solo, but I get it. They don't develop well. They might be decent at IDing pitchers that will have will struggle less. They you know not find success, but struggle less in cores. They're all right at that, but as far as developing, not so great. Identifying, fine. Developing, not really. So maybe they're they're hoping last year was uh was a fluke thing for Dolander and that they don't have to develop him back into what he was. But yeah. In Colorado, really, I don't know if they're really trying to improve their pitching development, but they went all in on pitching this year. Like, uh, what is it? I think five out of their six, like six round picks, like their first seven picks, six of them were pitchers. So they're really doubling down on somehow developing a, a pitcher for their system. So like I said, if they're all about, improving their development like Dolander might be a massive steal it, you're doing a lot of hedging Vinny this will not fly when I'm making you tear the pitchers no more hedging but let's get to your number six guy we got two more guys we're gonna go more in depth for you and then we'll I'll I'll briefly go through the rest of Vinny's rankings and then we'll tear him but next on your list ranked number six 
I'm interested to hear what you have to say, not just about this pitcher, but this organization, because I have to think maybe you like this organization a little bit. If you're ranking a pitcher, we don't even know if he really exists right now. We haven't seen him uh, in, in quite some time. It's Charlie Soto of the Minnesota Twins. You have him ranked sixth. Uh, I am not sure. Yeah, he is not being drafted that high. From what I can tell, he is being drafted seventh. Um, so you're a little bit higher on Soto. Uh, is that because you, you think that the twins got it going on or you're just a believer in what you saw before he disappeared into wherever he went in their organization? Watching a lot of his footage pre-draft, like he stood out massive. Like we're talking about a big developed right-handed pitcher, six, five pushing 200 already topping out at hundred miles per hour with, his fastball, there's late life to it. You know, it has that late cut to it too. Like it, it's a very nice fastball. It might, I actually thinking about it, it might be the best fastball out of the prep class for talking pitcher wise. But there's a lot of similarities to a previous first round pick, Chase Petty with Charlie Soto. Uh, he is bigger than him. That would be the only you know, thing to really knock about the comparison, but we're talking about a guy, massive fastball and like off speed. And there is a chance that he develops two off two plus off speed pitches too. like, if, you know, there may be some relief risk with him down the road, but I think he develops that third pitch above to at least maybe settles for average with a changeup, but like fastball slider guy, good control, nice, quick arm, you know, repeatable delivery, solid command. Like this is a kid that you really want to keep an eye on. Like I know the twins in the past have had really a bad track record of developing pitching. They see, they seem to trade it away instead of actually develop it. But I think Soto's the guy that really bucks the trend. Like, they were very, like, enamored by him to take him at where he was, too. Like, there were some pretty decent bats there. And to prioritize him over them, it really says something about how they feel about him. Now, I believe he is the only guy we're going to talk about today who has not showed up somewhere to pitch. Is that is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So don't forget about Charlie Soto. And if you're and if you're looking for him and trying to get him on your watch list so that you don't forget, he spells his name wrong. He spells it with two E's instead of an I and E. Maybe that's his full name, Charlie, with two E's. So it's C-H-A-R-L. Sorry. C-H-A-R-L-E-E. Uh, Charlie Soto, who the Twins took with the 34th pick uh, in the in the draft this year, which makes him a first rounder um, because of the the supplemental picks. Um, so yeah, uh, prep right. It'll be interesting to see. Don't forget about him. Don't forget about Charlie Soto uh, when you're doing your your first year player drafts and looking through all the stats. He's not going to show up there. So don't just don't forget about him. Um, Vinny, your next guy, the final guy we're going to talk about, the guy who most people have been drafting ahead of Charlie Soto, uh, that would be Thomas White 
of the Miami Marlins. And I can't help but notice, Vinny, the two players that you are low on, well, two of the three, they come from the Miami Marlins organization. People, Vinny hates the Marlins. Marlins fans, if you exist, get angry at Vinny. He's at... Uh, he's at down on the farm eight on Twitter. Start tweeting him. I can't believe this guy hates the hates the Marlins so much. Vinny, why do you hate the Marlins and Thomas White so much? Oh, I do not hate Thomas White. I actually have a really hot take on this one. Um, because I I wrote down a bunch of notes before the draft because I was this year I was really I was really in touch with this year's draft class for some reason. I don't know why. I'm just bored or something. But uh, what I have written down is that I actually have Thomas White over Max Meyer if we're talking about floor to ceiling. I think uh, Thomas White has a better floor, but not as high as a ceiling as uh, Noble Meyer. Uh, It's a very strong frame, very repeatable delivery. Uh, We're talking about potential three-plus pitches with him. You know, if this is another draft class... He's probably the first prep pitcher off the board. Um, man, but like, just why? How he controls the zone is pretty, pretty mind boggling. Like, he's a prep pitcher, but he pitches so advanced that it's almost like watching a, a college pitcher. Like, he's very good at dotting corners. He's very good at working count. Like, he's pretty knowledgeable when it comes to pitching. And if you, you know, a boost to him too, he's, uh, you don't see lefties, you know, punching 95, 97 with fastballs, especially out of high school now, you know, Massachusetts, he's a cold weather guy. So I don't think we've seen the absolute best of him yet. This is uh, a Miami's uh, pitching farm. This is a guy that they'll go nuts with like, I, 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 I don't want to become the guy that says I have him over Max Meyer or uh, Max Meyer, uh, Noble Meyer. But I think, I think don't be, don't be naive when thinking about that. Like keep it in the back of your mind. Like this is a guy that could potentially go absolutely nuclear once he starts in. I think he probably starts to organize ball this year. Like, this is a guy to keep an eye on. If he comes in stronger with some more weight to him and some more velocity, like he's going to take off. I, if I were to compare him similar, he's kind of like last year's Jackson Ferris. I'm trying to, I'm trying to look it up, but I think he made it to single a this year. I think he should start it in organized ball. Um, yeah. It looks like he did. Yeah. Uh, he didn't necessarily fare well. I'm not sure how he fared Compared to I, Noble yeah, Meyer, like, who also I made think it he, to single A. I think he faced like six batters or something. There's no footage of it. I couldn't find any, but... Okay, six man. batters. Yeah, that barely counts. But yeah, it's interesting. There's two guys from the, the two states in which I claim to hail from. The truth is I was born in Arizona, but Colorado, Massachusetts, they both had high picks for them, not baseball states per se. And uh, Walker Martin, I've already professed my love for him. Um, I'm going to have to, I think, start professing love for Thomas White after that pitch you just gave for him. But you may have him ranked down in seventh, but you're saying you can, you, you can see a world where he gets all the way up to fourth. And, and that's got me excited, but it's interesting. Both those guys are 19 years old. Uh, it's a little, little, just a little something to keep an eye on. They're a little older than the competition they've been 
that they've been playing against, which isn't the end all be all when it comes to prospects. And you can't really control that when you're in high school, but yeah, it is worth noting. All right, man. Well, those are, those are your top seven. I'll, I'm going to read through them again. Uh, you've got Paul Skeens, Rhett Louder, Hurston Waldrip, Noble Meyer, who could fall as far as seventh, Chase Dolander, Charlie Soto, and Thomas White, who could climb as, as high as fourth from the sounds of things. But we have five other pitchers we wanted just to make sure to mention. Now, Benny, I don't know if these are actually your next five guys, because there were other guys I had mentioned bringing up, and you said, let's hold them off because I want to talk about them in the sleeper episode. But uh, the other five I just wanted to make sure we threw out there. Uh, you've got them ranked in this order. You've got it. Joe Whitman, 8th. Travis Sakura, ninth, Ty Floyd, 10th. Josh Noth, 11th. And Brandon Sprout, 12th. And I just, real quick, I want to compare that to, for the listeners to where they're actually being drafted. And I just want to confirm with you. Um, so starting with uh, Ty Floyd. Ty Floyd is actually being drafted 8th. Uh, you have him ranked 10th. Does that mean you're at least at where he's currently being drafted, probably out on Ty Floyd? Yeah, probably. Um, Floyd's a very interesting guy. Like, if there's no Paul Skeens on LSU this year, like, uh, Ty Floyd is probably a slam dunk uh, top seven guy. Uh, but, like, yeah, like... He's one of those guys that you want to keep on your uh, your watch list if we're talking about going into the season. He's definitely a guy you want to keep on the watch list. I, I love Vinny that that for you you're you're like he's probably slam dunk top, and then you say seven. I think most people pick a a multiple of five, top five, top ten. You're like top seven, <laughs> meaning he's he's seven. That's what is that what you mean? Top seven. That's just so specific. He'd be uh, he'd be like six. Interesting because let's see if, if I'm looking at this, if I'm understanding your rankings correctly, Vinny, I'm putting it back up there. Okay. Yeah. Paul Skeens one. Let's remove Paul Skeens. Ty Floyd now goes from 10th to ninth. How is he sixth? You get rid of Skeens and Floyd comes out and has the season. If he shows what he did at LSU early, he's right where I would have Charlie Soto. Why are you, I don't understand. Why are you letting Paul Skeen's season impact the way you're viewing Ty Floyd's? Uh, just because he didn't get enough exposure, I think, as if we're talking about the everyone's uh, like point of view, like Ty Floyd is not getting recognition. Like gotcha. he did not he did not have the type of flashy season that Paul Skeen's was. No Paul Skeen's. He's, you know, no Paul Skeen's in this draft. He's higher up. That's what I'm saying. He's also going to have the problem that it's hard to see because the, the, we have our the call-up uh, logo in the top right, but he is on the Reds. Yes. So he's also going to have to deal with Red Louder now and being over, overlooked by him. Um, Josh Noth, from what I can tell, is is being drafted uh, eighth – or sorry, ninth. You have him 11th, so maybe – are you a little out on, on Noth as well? Yeah, the control. Uh, yeah, his control's kind of scary. He's another. I think he's just going to be a two, a two pitch pitcher. But uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to start betting against the Brewers, especially when it comes to pitching development. So, like, like he's another one of these guys. Like, if if the Brewers actually work with him, there's a potential he's a borderline top 100 guy by like July. 
Like he has the his two pitches are very very advanced. He has a nice frame. The delivery is a little is a work in progress, but like I don't know. Like he's one of these guys that the Brewers turn into a stud if if all things go right. Um, and then just just making sure we mention or just I just go through everyone uh, next in the what I can tell from ADP would be uh, Travis Sik- Sikora. And I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly. It's spelled S-Y-K-O-R-A uh, followed by Joe Whitman. So you have them ranked both higher than where they're being drafted. Uh, and then uh, Sprout is 12th. Brandon Sprout of the Mets. You both have him 12th. So are you high on on Whitman in, in Sikora? Yeah, I, I like the Whitman pair with San Francisco. San Francisco is really good at de- uh, at developing these uh, left-handed pitchers with uh, with adding a, a gyro ball to them. So he's a he's a nice little floor type of pitcher to watch moving forward. And then Sakura, man, you know Sakura probably ha- is very similar to Noble Meyer when it comes to uh, like his fastball and his slider and some would argue he has a pretty solid third pitch and a splitter it's if if you're willing to bet on the washington nationals pitching development sakura could be a nice little steal too like he's a big framed righty the deliveries you know work in progress probably needs to be cleaned up a little bit but he's physical, like he's athletic. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of upside in the body. He, he, I know what. There's a bunch of upside in the body, but he's like six seven two thirty. So he's definitely got to watch. All right, just real quick for those watching, I'm going to show you uh, Vinny's rankings one more time. So if you want to just get them jotted down or in memory somehow, I don't know if you have that good of a memory. Some of our listeners probably do, but um, pause the video here. You can see the rankings. That's right. I'm not going to say them out loud if you're listening because I want you to go and watch our videos on YouTube uh, where right now you can see Vinny's full rankings. You would have been able to see them the whole time as we're talking through them. But now, Vinny, another thing that perhaps is a little visual, but we'll talk through it as we're doing it. I have put together a tier. They're called tier makers on the on the website. I've I put one together for you. And now what I want you to do um, as I am trying to once again multitask by talking while doing something on my computer. There we go. Uh, I have shared it here now. I want to go through each of them. And instead of just ranking them, we know your, your ranked order. I have them in, in order right now for you. I want to talk through in our last 10 minutes or so here and get you to tier them uh, by where they're being drafted. Uh, so I'm, and I, I've, I'm adding the rule that you're only allowed to pick one person to put in the top tier, which I have called the guy. And you're only allowed to put one person in the, in the bottom tier, which I've called not the guy, but the tiers go the guy, uh, someone you would reach on is the second tier uh, and so, someone you would draft at cost if they're still there is the third tier. Someone you would draft if they fell a little in the draft, that's the fourth tier. And then the final tier is not the guy. You're just not going to draft this guy. So, um, Vinny, I, you can start wherever you want here, uh, but whatever's easiest maybe. Is there is there one person who's sticking out who you want to yeah. start with? Uh, Paul Skeens, put him in the guy because he is the guy. The guy. He's the guy. He's so good. He makes people who don't believe in pitchers believe in a pitcher. Paul Skeens is the guy. Easy choice. Any other easy choices here for you? Uh, yeah. Rhett Louder and Waldrop, I would put 
uh, at re- would reach. Okay, interesting. You would reach on both Rhett Louder and Waldrop. Uh, we know from your rankings that you have you have Louder ahead of Waldrop. So would you keep it in that order? Yeah. Um, you'd you'd put Louder first and then Waldrop. Okay. Um, a- any other easy ones before we just start going through them one by one and talking and then through? Noble Meyer put if he falls. If he falls, your fourth ranked guy. You're saying only if he falls, and we we've heard here. Let's let's go to his uh, his teammate here. Where is he? Um, Thomas White. You said in a, there are, there is a world where you can see Thomas White being as good, if not better, than Noble Meyer. Does that mean you would put White up here in the would reach category? I would put him at at cost. At cost. Okay. So now we're we're getting to the part of the draft with White, and White you had ranked seventh, or maybe you're you're gonna focus. Uh, you're not going to go and get and get the guy unless he's there. Um, okay. Let's just, let's go, let's go down the list now. Chase Doolander. Put him in the, not the guy. That's the, I've been waiting for it. I thought that was the guy you were going to say. And then you started when we were talking about him, you started hedging out. You were talking all about, Oh, I don't know. Maybe there's a world. It's per, it's probably personal preference, but you will not see me own any shares of uh, Chase Dolander this year or in the near future. I don't know. Like, hey, it's up to you guys if you're willing to risk and take the gamble. But I am not taking him at where he's going. Yeah, so. it's a, it's up to you guys if you want to buck Mister yeah. down on the farm eight here. Now he knows his stuff. I would if he if you're not taking him, Vinny, I'm not taking him even as a Colorado guy. Uh, I'll watch. I'll watch him from afar and, and root him on maybe a little, but I, he's not going to be on my team. I'm not tying myself to him. Yeah, if you're a Chase Dolander fan and you believe in him, please please leave a comment or please contact me so we can have a chat because uh, I think we can uh, enlighten you some better names in this draft class. Wow, now Benny getting a little cocky there. <laughs> I like that. He, it, go ahead, le- say that you disagree, and then Vinny will enlighten you. It's a challenge. Let's see, let's see who can enlighten the other. I want I want to see it in the comments. Um okay, next on the list, Charlie Soto. Charlie Soto, I would put Ooh, that's a hard one. This is the guy we said don't forget about Charlie Soto. I would get him at cost right now. At cost. So Benny does not think people are forgetting him just yet. But if you see Soto start to fall again, he's being drafted about seventh off the board. Maybe then you would put him in. I would reach on him a little, but where he's going now is fine. But as people continue to focus in on stats, I could see him falling. So Charlie Soto at cost where he is right now with the caveat that if he falls, just don't forget about him. Don't forget about Charlie Soto. Look at this. Doesn't even have a picture on MILB.com. Doesn't even have his team listed. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Stands out like a sore thumb on our our tier list. All right. Another guy that doesn't have a picture, but he at least has his team. Um, Joe Whitman, you mentioned him right at the end there. You really like the org he got plugged into. Does that mean you would reach on him? Uh, Joe Whitman put him, I would do if he fell to me. Like if I he said, he's you. probably he's probably more floor than he is ceiling. Uh, I'm I'm not a typical pitcher drafter, so like you know if he if he slips a little bit, I wouldn't mind indulging me in some Joe Whitman. It, it's interesting. It looks like we have a really nice bell curve right now, which is my favorite when the tier list looks like a bell curve, but we don't actually. It's just because Charlie Soto's name is so weird yeah, on so MLB.com <laughs> <laughs> that to make them all even, that uh, I had to like stretch it out. So. <laughs> 
So yeah, it looks it looks like it it's a perfect bell curve, but not not in actuality. All right, next up, uh, Travis Sikora, who who's giving me major. Um, oh man, I'm forgetting his name. Who's the guy who wears the who who wore the NFL hat at the game? Rob Lowe wore wow. the NFL hat and then got made fun of. He's just an NFL fan. Travis Sikora here's just got an MLB hat on in his photo. Just an MLB guy. Yeah, Sikora, I would probably draft at cost. At cost, like he he he's a guy that could jump up to wood reach, but uh, I'll, I'll leave him at cost. What would need to happen between now and then? Like, what what do you need to see in your research as you continue to research? Because this isn't locked in stone. This is a changing process. I need- would need to see him come out and show that he can actually command and control a third pitch. So like what? I, so we're going to be drafting before we see them play yeah. anymore, right? So Pretty like, watch. Is this like if you just heard rumors? Like if I heard any kind of any kind of rumors coming out of the Nationals camp that Sakura is actually working and uh, actually refining his command and putting in work while actually using a serviceable third pitch, then he would be at the wood reach. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, baby. That seems like quite a lot. If he adds command, if I hear good, if, if we hear good stuff coming out of Nationals camp about Sakura, it's you should probably take it serious. Okay, that's good to know. I w- and we'll let you know if if we hear something and and we we uh, become higher on on Travis Sakura. Okay, next up, Ty Floyd. Uh, you said you said it like. If my, if my, this was, this is my Vinny impersonation, man, if I wasn't so intoxicated by Paul Skeens, I would love this guy, but unfortunately Paul Skeens exists. And so I'm going to punish this guy and put him real low in my rankings. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just messing with you, Vinny. Where would you put Ty Floyd? I'd put him at cost. At cost. At cost here is getting quite full. Do yeah, we got a cost? A couple more guys you would take at cost here. Uh, Josh Noth. Josh Noth, I think I would reach for. Wow. Interesting. Tell me tell me more. I didn't necessarily get the vibe that, that you would reach on on Noth as we were talking about him. Yeah, like I said, Noth has this weird kind of fastball curveball mix that the Brewers really do good at developing. Um, we saw the, you know the Brewers have taken some of these very questionable pitchers with bad deliveries and arm angles in the past couple of years and turned them into absolute monsters like a la Jacob Mizorowski. And then like uh, a couple years ago, like, Oh man, I can't think of his name, but uh, Ashby. like, like, uh, yeah, like an Ashby or even like an Ethan small. If we go back to oh, 19, sure. like, they tend to get every ounce of upside out of their pitcher. They're like pitching prospects. And well, let me ask you this then Vinny, because you mentioned two guys there in Aaron Ashby and Ethan small who, who rose up ranks and and Mizorowski has done the same. Some people have Mizorowski as their top pitching guy right now. Would you capitalize that? If you see some on that, if you see something similar for Noth, is this a guy you're you're drafting higher, knowing that because of the org he's in, his value likely skyrockets. But as far as like playing for your MLB team in your dynasty league, do you not have plans for him there? You're gonna trade him, or this is a guy you're probably gonna draft and trade because okay. I would you know. expect him to take a while 
to get to the majors. But man, I, if I'm not mistaken, he had some pretty, pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy analytics pre-draft. I like, I think his, if I'm not mistaken, his curveball was at like 3000 or 3100 RPM. Yeah, I think like, I saw 3000. He also throws ridiculously hard. All yeah, right, let's see. I have it right here. Uh, this is the fan graphs write up. One of the youngest pitchers in the class, the 17 year old Noth, he, he's now 18, has shot up boards this spring as his stuff has been up across the board. The six foot one, 190, 190 pound righty has a repeatable delivery in a mid 90s fastball that already touches 98 miles per hour. This is 17 year old touching 98 miles per hour. His slider, it was his slider, has surpassed 3,000 RPM and projects to be a plus or double plus offering at peak. Noth's spin proficiency is also evident in his low 80s curveball, which could also be a plus pitch in time. His changeup is the weakest part of his repertoire, which is true of many pitchers his age. He lacks prototypical size, but Noth checks all the other boxes scouts look for in a burgeoning, an a burgeoning, you would think, I read all the time, you'd think I would know how to say that word. Young young starter. That was embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't read on a podcast. Yeah, like I mean, if we're gonna look at it from a third like point of view, like young pitcher who throws hard probably screams injury in the near future. But if you look past that, you look at two plus pitches plus the brewers, this is a guy you you hold on to and flip the minute he starts doing something. Because right. people are I, I like, think- I think my takeaway today, this might be the guy I draft. I don't have necessarily have a high pick, but I might be looking to draft if I take a pitcher, which isn't necessarily likely. Just wait until we do the sleepers episode. I'll give you I'll give you two names that you really need to like. All right. Well, this this burgeoning guy. (laughs) Why can't I say that word? I know the word. I can't say it. Uh, Josh Noth. I'll be I'll be taking him. Last guy here, Vinny, and no pressure, but we could have something great happen here if you put him in the right category. Who are you taking, or where are you putting Brandon Sprout? Brandon don't be, Sprout. Don't be influenced by what I just said. Where were you actually Sprout, put? I'm throwing him in. Not the guy. No, you can't do that. I said one oh, guy. No? And not the guy. Oh, then put him in if I fall. If he falls. No, okay, wait. No, wait. I'll let you put him in. Not the guy. But then you have to put Chase Dolander somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Actually, never mind. Put him. Put put Sprout at if he falls. Let's go. We got a perfect bell curve. It goes one, three, four, three, one. I love that, Vinny. This is this is pure artistic beauty. Vinny's tier list of pitchers. Brandon Sprout. I kind of forced it a little, but you, you're not really drafting him. But out of necessity for the fake rule I made, you're putting him an if he falls. Yeah, just watching his footage out of Florida this year, like he wasn't. There was really nothing that blew me away. He just seemed like a, like an average pitcher, probably a plus fastball, maybe an above average slider. Like control was eh. The delivery was he's probably when all of a sudden is done, he's probably maybe a SP five or potentially even a bullpen arm. Like Ooh. it's hard to it's hard to also trust the Mets with pitching. Like they've had a couple big pitching prospects. Uh, absolutely fizzle out in the past couple years. So, like, it's another one. Like, there's so many good pitching prospects in this draft class that have that were drafted as such bad pitching development teams that it's really you're taking a massive gamble. That's why it's not yep. this class isn't getting the kind of 
you know, kind of uh, coverage like it is, like it's supposed to. It's because it's it's all bad teams with bad pitching development. Like, say Charlie Soto goes to the Guardians, he's probably a top, I don't know, four guy, and he's probably drafted 20 spots higher than where he probably is in first-year player drafts. Like, the organization makes – a big difference when it's coming, especially pitch, pitching wise, it makes a big difference in first year player draft. Yeah. And I think, I think it's pretty evident when you're looking at it too, that this is the, if you're going to get a pitcher, it has to be early. You've got in the, the guy category and the wood reach category, you have the top three guys. And then Josh Noth, who we just talked about um, at length. I just butchered reading burgeoning bang let's go let's go there we go yeah oh got glad i got that off my chest Vinny. but you can just see looking at your tier list if you don't get one of those top three guys this is not a draft where you're necessarily going to be taking pitchers unless they're unless you're taking it at cost or if they fall to you're not reaching on many guys in this class and uh you'll see when we get to our hitter coverage a little tease for what's coming this is that's not the case for the hitters oh, in this no, class. Not at all. Like, yeah, this 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 draft class of pitching, you're either gonna find these guys really late in drafts, or you might find a lot of these guys make it to the waiver wires. And yeah, you I know what? There's some value out there that you wanna you wanna look into. I will say that this year. Uh that you're talking value if they do hit the waiver wires. Yeah. Okay, like, that's interesting. This could be the this could be a big year, especially for the pitching class. Like we might see a lot of pop up pitchers that we had no clue about because of how how deep the hitters were this year. Okay, so that so that's a that's a great thing to know. Like this isn't because the hitters are that good, so we are not reaching on pitchers this draft. But that doesn't mean we're not paying attention to pitchers in this class. So we're still paying attention. We're just not reaching, and then. As the year progresses, you might see a lot of these guys start to pop up on guys we talk about week over week. Um, but Vinny, what what do you say? What do you think we should do next? We're the for our next episode. Do you want we want to do top hitters? We want to do some of our sleeping pitchers. What do you want? You want to tease something for them or just say gonna, undecided? I think we well, think we should just go straight into hitters and then end okay. it all off with just first year player draft sleepers. Because I can give uh, you I can give you right now five hitters, five pitchers. So I'm. I'm ready. Vinny's already put in the work, uh, so we'll there won't be as as long of a wait. Maybe we do, we do celebrate the holidays here, yeah. so maybe after the holidays, we're gonna get right back into uh, first year uh, player coverage. And as always, if you have questions, and I know you're not gonna have these questions for me, so if you have these questions for Vinny, you can reach him his Twitter. Best place for you, Vinny? Uh, yeah, Twitter. I've been very active in the the YouTube comments. Too. Yes, yes. Twitter or work. Yeah, see, we're trying to get you guys to watch us on YouTube. You know, we have such amazing faces. You have to, you have to watch us. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, yes, if you comment on YouTube, we do our best to try and get to to those uh, comments. Uh, the later it is from when the videos posted, we're uh, we're not going to comment as frequently, but we still try to get to those questions. So even if you're listening to this a month from now, because your your draft is just now happening, 
or two months, still don't feel free to put your comments in there and we'll, we'll try and get to it. We see the notifications on the, on the YouTube page when a comment comes through and we'll do our best to respond there. But you can also find Benny at down on the farm eight on Twitter. Um, I'm not going to give my Twitter handle, but if you're watching, you can see it. I, I, uh, not worth following me. I say it every episode. My latest tweet was just me complaining about Survivor. I'm just a complainer. So <laughs> follow Vinny. Ask Vinny his questions or uh, your questions on Twitter. Um, but for the both of us, that is the call up. Happy holidays, everyone. See you soon.